This episode of No Guru-ish is brought to you by nothing, me. (laughs) I do all the production. I do the editing. My boy Tarquin does the shooting. So support, man. Subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. Because we out here grinding, man. I'm I'm like a small fish in a big sea right now, man. But you know what? We're going to be consistent. We're going to keep this thing going. This episode right here, my boy Cassius Fleming. Man, we went to HBCU together, man. Delaware State University. I met this guy, and I just watched his career just elevate every year, man. We was in the same major mass communications. You know, I must say, man, this this guy... He stayed the course, man, while a lot of us kind of fell off. You know, he worked at ESPN, Spotify, and I'll let him get into his new position here. But um, Cassius, he's big on therapy. He's big on investing. The guy, the guy is smart, man. Enough of me talking about this guy, man. All right, let's get straight into it. Cash, man, what's good, man? My God. I appreciate you coming two hours away, man. Yo, two hours? It's Look, you, though. It's me? you for you. I had to do it for Yo, you, man. That's I had love, to do man. it for you. Had to do it for you. We'll go back, man. Dell State, man. HBCU. 100%. 100%. HBCU, man. De- describe that, man. What was, your, what was your HBCU experience like? Oh, man. Rich and black, man. It just You love the atmosphere. Yeah. The parties, just hanging out with everybody. So many people have been successful coming from Dell State. Right. Me and you and a bunch of other people. Lifelong friendships, connections. Everybody wants to help each other. That's what I remember you yeah. know what I mean, about the HBCU. My experience. You right. Know? Well, why, why did you go? You know, I, I really... I applied to a lot of schools. I'm not right. going to lie. I got rejected by a lot. Me I too. ain't going to hold you. Me I ain't too. Hold you. Me too. Um, but I got into Hampton yeah. and Dell State. And I'm going to be real. I didn't want to travel down all the way down to Hampton. Right. I'm going to be real. So I'm like, well, Delaware is like three and a half from New York. Yeah. It's a bit more manageable. You know what I mean? And uh, I can remember I had a high school friend. He told me about Delaware State. He was like, yo, I heard it's like a party school. It's a fun school, man. You know, it's lit. I was like, all right. You know, so I was like, you know what? Forget Hampton. I'm going to go to Dell State. Shout out to Hampton. I love Hampton right, too. Right, I'm just right. saying I chose Dell State and that was like the best decision I ever made. You know? You know, that's crazy because for me... Yo, I I got, you know, hurt my last year of football, mm. kind of. Mm. And, like, my coach, no disrespect to him, he ain't really helped the seniors out try to find schools to go to. Right. And um, so there was, like, this list that my guidance counselor gave me. And it was, like, I filled that one application, and it sent it out to all the HBCUs mm. at once. So, like, Bethune-Cookman, I might have got accepted to. Um, Hampton, same thing. Mm. The same thing for me. Delaware State wasn't too far. Right. So it was like it was like a perfect match, but I went to a summer program. I remember that. I was there. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. there for one of those weeks. Right. I was yep. There. Yep. So like there. my grades was not the greatest. It was shaky. Yeah. It was, a little, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little shaky, but that summer program, man, that thing helped me, man. Um, it jump started my whole HBCU experience. Right. Um, I kind of slept on it, man. I didn't, you know. I mean, I went to school with a lot of my school was majority black too. Mm. Um, so for me, leaving the HBCU, I had a hard time adjusting. Right. You know, um, but my experience there was was dope, man. I, I could just remember like, you know, meeting the circle that I had, even right. when I met right. you back in the mass comm days, man. Right. So what what how did you decide to pick your major? Yeah, you know, first I had always loved sports right. to begin with growing up. Um, 
but you realize everybody wants to make the NBA. And you realize, well, I'm not making the NBA. It's a wrap. <laughs> so I went to uh, Rice High School. So that yeah. was the, the best basketball school, best basketball high school in New York City. That's Kimball. Period. Kimber went there. Kimber Walker went yeah. there. Edgar Sosa, Curtis yep. Kelly, my man, Kashif Pratt. Goats. All NYCD goats. Right. So I realized, well, I ain't playing ball because y'all nice. Right. So I had to figure out a way to get into broadcasting. I used to watch SportsCenter every single day. Yeah. I'm watching Stephen A. and Chris Broussard. I'm watching everybody. Stu Scott, rest in peace. Yep. And so I kind of looked at it and I was like, yo, this is something I want to do. So I started in print journalism to be a writer, a reporter. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The first class we had and the teacher was like, you're going to have to write a 30-page paper and this and that. I dropped that class the first day. 30-page <laughs> paper? Yo, I forgot, I forgot what it was, but it was writing. So yeah. I had to write all semester long, and I kind of got spooked. Yeah. So I went to broadcast, right. and that's when we went in with television and radio. And I found my home once I got in it right? because I'm talking sports. I'm with you and other people, yep. friends. Like my man Ben Bullock had yep. a radio show, yep. did some basketball games. We had the on-campus television yep, network. Yep. So I was in all of these things. And I, I love sports so much. So it was natural for me. It just worked out. All right. So I remember, yo, I had an inter- internship, mm-hmm. a small one. in. Mm-hmm. we went to Italy mm-hmm. with uh, Mr. Celli. Um, and then I came back and then I saw you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you was telling me, like, yo, fill out for this conference yep, uh, in yep, Cali. Yep, yep, yep. yep. What was that conference called again? NABJ Conference, National Association of Black Journalists Conference. Bro. San Diego, I still remember. I feel like that was my the worst decision Dude, I made. Don't, man. don't say that. I'm don't sorry, that. bro. First of all, we sitting here on your pod right now. True. You talk about something way back. You made a mistake back then. It's irrelevant now, bro. It's irrelevant. All right, well, explain all right, explain to me mm-hmm. how was that conference like? Well, I mean, that's how I got my job at ESPN. Right. But the story started before that. Then let's run it back. Right. So I had interned at um, News One slash Black Planet, if you remember the old school Black yeah. Planet social network. So my mentor. They had jobs there? Yeah. Yeah. Because we used to have the Black Planet. So I used to write for News One. Right. So you write on the website. Oh, shit. So my mentor that I met over there. So I'm going to call him MC Mighty Casey. Yeah. So if you ever watched BET Uncut. Yeah. If you saw you saw on White Girls. Yeah. That's him. Okay. That's my mentor. Oh shit. So he had a connection to ESPN, somebody that was on camera talent. He was like, yo, just email him and see what happens. I emailed him and dude responded. Forwarded my resume. I got a call back. I got an email back like a week later. Apply for this job. Yeah. I applied for it. I didn't hear nothing. So I'm like, damn, I was so close. Right. So then we get to the NABJ conference. They had an ESPN booth down there. And they had it was a week-long conference. They yep. had booths, they had conferences they had you know speaking engagements everything so the espn booth is there and i'm cocky i'm about to ace this i'm gonna get my job at espn this is it and i bombed that interview damn it was the worst interview of my life i'm down there listen the woman's looking at me she's like why you want to work at espn i'm like well i love sports she's like everybody loves sports that don't mean nothing she's like look at your resume you got a mistake here mistake here you're not ready damn I, I probably almost cried. I went back to the hotel room. I'm like, yo, I just blew it. Damn. And then I had one of the mini laptops. Yeah. You know, we had any tablets back then, I feel like. Nah, nah <laughs> no tablets. No, no tablets. <laughs> so I took the mini laptop, put in my flash drive. I kind of just fixed everything. Yeah. So the way, and I kind of tell kids, when you meet someone, you have to be memorable. That's networking. You got to be memorable with like, within like 30 seconds. Right. 
So my strategy, every time I saw this lady, I kept using the bad interview as a chance to speak to her. Okay. So next time I saw her, I'm like, hey, so-and-so, you know, you told me my resume was terrible. Oh, She was right. like, oh, I remember you. How you? I'm like, yeah. I saw her again. If, at this point, it's like fate. I saw her again, like, hey, so-and-so, I'm going to come back and see you. Okay, I'll see you. And then I saw her at a mixer, like later, maybe the next night. Yeah. Had struck up a conversation, you know, very formal because we was out, it was drinks flowing and everything. Like, oh, you know what? She's like, you know what? I like you. You've been persistent all week. Mm. Come back and see me mm. the next day. Came back, saw her the next day, much better. I was much calmer. Put the, you know, the L behind me. Yeah. And then eventually I got the interview and eventually that's how I got the ESPN. So it was like, it was tough. It was a tough road. You know how crazy that is, man? Because I remember you came back and told me, yo, man, we got jobs. And I'm like, damn, that's dope, man. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little hurt, though. I was like, damn, son. If I just would have went, but I can't, I can't say that I would have worked there. You know what I mean? But, right. and like I said, when you, when you told me you got the job, a little bit of me was, I was happy. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, my boy, he about to come to Connecticut. Because, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to be in Bristol or if I know they got other locations. Right. So, all right, so... Boom. Mm. You went to the conference. You get the job at ESPN. Mm. So what was next? How did that go? You, you immediately went to ESPN? or it, it was like a month. I had a month. I was still working temp jobs at home. Right. But I started September 20th, 2010. I always remember that day. That was right. the first day I walked through that gate. Um, so yeah, that's when, that's when it started. That's when I walked in. And what yeah. was that experience like? Walking through that gate. You're like, run me through that first day. Yeah, man. It's, you know, I wore a suit. You know, somebody was like, dress for the job uh, you want, not the job you have, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know that Somebody phrase. told me some, some phrase like that. Yeah. You know, I walked in with my suit. I was happy. I was excited. I'm, I'm screaming sports. I'm, I'm talking to everybody in the room. I'm working in the room with everybody. Yep, yep. You know, um, it was dope, you know, but then you get into the grind of it and you realize, you know, it's a 24-hour network. Mm. So it ain't a nine to five as I thought it was going to be. Right. And matter of fact, when I first got in there, I'm talking to one of the supervisors like, yeah, well, my schedule says 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. Is that a mistake? <laughs> he looked at me. He laughed. He was like, oh, you knew. And that was, for the next six years of my life, that was normally my schedule. Four Working till 1 a.m., sometimes coming in at 4 a.m. I've worked all kind of different hours of the night, morning, whatever. No holidays or nothing, huh? I didn't get many holidays off. We had the book vacation way far in advance because it's a network so you leave you know people need help on shows you need support everything's running sports right. don't stop no matter what yes. thanksgiving sports now stop right. christmas so everybody's home watching games i'm in the office in the studio cutting film cutting video right so that was a, a hard thing i think in media and a lot of people don't make it because right. that grind is tiring i missed out on birthdays i missed that well not my own but friends i missed out on spring breaks i missed out on traveling i missed out on some holidays but that was the grind because i wanted it so bad so i had to kind of just do it you know you think uh Del state prepared you for it or this was just something completely different than what we kind of learned in school no it was something completely different i think Del state prepared me just in terms of media video understanding you know particular things and editing right and shots and framing and, and stuff like that and talking on camera right but it, it don't prepare you for you know working not getting weekends off right. I, never, I never knew what a saturday looked like i was always there because we had college football yeah so i'm cutting college football highlights sometimes to 11 p.m at night i can't go out right can't do, so it was a lot man it was a lot so all right 
six years go, goes by, right? Mm -hmm. You said six years. So through those six years, are you, did your mind kind of change? Like, all right, you know, since, since I'm working so hard, like I kind of want to shift gears in my career. Like when did you decide to kind of shift gears? It wasn't actually till nine years into my career that I decided that. So I left ESPN and I got to CBS. Right. And, and back to ESPN real quick, I'm always grateful for that opportunity. Right. Because I probably don't get to where I'm at without ESPN. Even though it was a grind, there was some times that I felt like I should have been able to get higher when I was there. Right. But everything worked out because I learned a lot and the network I built up is immaculate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because when you were a production assistant, and I tell people, it's better to network with your peers more than anything. Mm. Everybody wants to network with the top dolls all the time. But because I networked with my peers, 10 years, 12 years later, we all are in different positions. Mm. I got people who work at football teams, basketball teams. I know people that are VPs. I know people that work in marketing, HR. Right. And so the network, I feel like in the sports industry, I could probably get in contact with anybody within two hours. Damn. Now, I don't mean like big dogs. Right, right, but right, right. I could probably get in contact with somebody around them within two hours. Right. Because I know people, my connects know people, and so forth. It's just like a nucleus with everything just going out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So networking with your peers was the best thing for me. Um, but yeah, so I got to CBS. I was still doing television, but I was at an elevated role. I was associate producer at that time. Okay. So I'm working with talent a little bit more. I got more say-so in the show rundowns and what we're doing. So... Well, I don't want to jump ahead, but... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. how did you get to see... Like, hmm. so run me down. So you're six years in, and then hmm. when did you say, you know what, I'm going to apply to CBS? So did someone recommend you? No, I like, actually just applied online. That was it. That was just it. I just applied online. Yep. It was a temp job. So I was, I was a freelancer for three years. Oh, yeah, I CBS. remember that. Yeah, yeah, I was I freelancing. Like, yeah. So it wasn't easy. You know what I'm saying? So that's what happened. Okay, so right, you get to CBS, mm -hmm. and is it like... What's that like? You six years in, you a little experience. It's it's the same thing. It was the same thing. It's just you get a little bit more respect. Right. But at the same time, it's the same late hours. It's the same. Now we got summertime because once the um, the Masters was over with golf, yeah, we kind of had downtime. So it was like March Madness, hectic, crazy, late hours, all day working. Yep. Then the Masters come, it's over. Right. So I had the summer to kind of chill. I didn't have that before. Right. So now I had the summer, but I think. Once I got three years in, I just got tired of the late nights. I got tired of what I was doing. I wanted to kind of elevate and do some different things. And that's where Spotify came in. Tech. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, so you in the tech sector, man. Yeah. Yep, yep, so yep. now we can do the private introduction. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, we got, I wanted to get to the tech spot. You know, let us talk, get warmed up. But yep. yo, let the people know, man, your name and what you do, man. So I'm, I'm Cassius Fleming. Um, I am... In sports media, I'm a director of sports now at Audible. So just started actually, so brand new. So we, 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 it's a long, it's gonna be a long journey. It's a long journey so far. We got a lot further to go, you know. All right, Vet, Vet, man. So now you, you in tech, you in the tech sector, yep. right? Yep, yep. So Spotify, man. How, how did you? Because I'm watching, I'm watching from far. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it was, it's not like I was. I was hitting you up crazy, but I'm still looking at your career from the outside mm -hmm. in, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, this dude is in Spotify now. Tell us, man, how how'd you get how did that how'd you land that? So I actually just applied on LinkedIn, which we'll talk about that. Yeah, point. let's get on, yeah, we'll get to that. I applied on LinkedIn. The recruiter hit me up like a month later, a month and a half later. Yeah. Had a preliminary interview with the person. So the crazy part is that HR person left the company after my interview. 
So that sucks. I'm not hearing anything back, and yeah. I'm trying to be patient, but I'm also not a very patient person. Right. So I'm emailing like, hey, just want to follow up, just want to follow up. Nothing. Did nothing. So again, I talked about networking with people. Right. So one of my um, now one of my supervisors from ESPN, I hit her up. Like, hey, I just applied for this position at Spotify. She said, oh, I know somebody who works in music over there. I'll forward your resume. Luckily, that person forwarded it again. And then a new HR recruiter came back around on LinkedIn and then contacted me. He was like, hey, we want you to apply for this position. I'm going to set you up with an interview. And that's how I got in. Yeah. Um, the interview was one, two, three. Four. I had the interview with like five people, probably. Damn. So that was that, that. But that's how the tech sector is. You have to have multiple rounds with people right and so I did those rounds and I got the job um at first I didn't get the original position yeah but my boss liked me so much she was like I'm gonna give you this associate producer position it was a producer position but she gave me the AP spot yeah I want you she was like I want you I think you you need to be here so I always thank her for that yeah because she didn't have to do that she could have gave it to the other person and that was it but she brought both of us in made me an AP mm. made the other person a producer and we were like east coast and west coast that's nice. how it worked Okay, so before we get into Spotify, mm -hmm. LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy. Crazy because, <laughs> yo, I'm into social media. Mm -hmm. I see it. Mm -hmm. And I'm on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, I thought it was a joke, at least at that time. A lot of people do. Shit, I still might think it's a joke. Mm -hmm. You still trying mm -hmm. to convince me LinkedIn's a thing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's the, the, the simple interface of it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of wordy. You know, it's a lot of words of and stuff like that. But how'd you know, like, did you, how'd you know to use LinkedIn at the time? I've always had it. Yeah. And you don't check it. Sometimes you check it every month and right. you got messages from people or friend requests from people and you don't really understand what's going on. So one of my friends, she, I spoke to her recently. She told me she tells kids coming up to monetize your scroll. Hmm. So when you think about it, I'm on Instagram all day. All day. I'm scrolling. I'm seeing friend stories. Yep. I'm DMing people. Yep. I'm looking at content. Listen, the ratchet stuff. And the ratchet stuff is cool sometimes. Right. But I'm not trying to do that all day long. But that's what I was doing. Right. And if I could do that, LinkedIn has, you know, CEOs on there. It has HR recruiters on there. Yeah. It's got people in my field that I could reach out to. You never know what could happen. So a lot of times you could get discouraged because I've emailed people and never got a response back or right. DM them on, on right. LinkedIn. But there are some people that will answer. And so I started to say, you know what? There's an opportunity here. There's people looking for work every day. They're posting jobs every day. They're HR recruiters all day long on LinkedIn saying, we're looking for this role, this internship. So why would you not be on there? If right. I could give two, three hours scrolling Instagram, I can't give two, three hours or even an hour on LinkedIn that right. might get me a job. Or if you if you entrepreneur, it might get you a new gig or something. It's all of that is on there. So I went in and I fixed my profile. I put a better photo up there. Yep. Changed my banner. I put my experience, my story, who I am. Yep. And I just started getting a bunch of. Well, I went to somebody who helped me. Do yeah, I was gonna say. So like, did you know to do that? Like, how was your resume before that? See, I just had my job experience and that was it. Right. I didn't really have much. So I went to somebody who works in recruitment and she had, um, you know, a business where she would help you maximize your profile. Right. And she gave me so many details. Banner, you know, what you put in the banner, your, te your headline matters, the yeah. title of your position matters, yep. your location matters. Then, you know, your job experience. It's not enough just to say I worked at ESPN, CBS, Spotify. Well, what did you do? 
What were your accomplishments? Yep. Did you contribute to growth while you were there? You got to add all of these things. And so once I did that, I saw an increase in my profile right away. I'm getting big companies are hitting me up. Hey, Cassius, saw your profile. We have this position. We think you'd be great. Let me know where you could talk. Yeah. So I was just taking conversations just to do it, just to build my confidence back up. Because mm. looking for a job is not easy. Sure is. You can be stuck yeah. for a long time. But on LinkedIn, you just keep working, looking at statuses, commenting, e- cold emailing people, messaging people, and you might get what you want to get. So monetize that scrolls, I, I try to tell people. So I'm on LinkedIn. It's, it's, it may be stiff to some people, yeah. but this influence is on there. Yeah, this, nah, yeah for, for sure. people on for there. Sure, for so sure. It, it ain't as stiff as you think. But I get it. It's not photos. It's not you know gossip and everything. But it, it works for me. So I try to tell people don't sleep on LinkedIn. Yeah, like I said, it's business on there. It's, like it's, said, it's moves on there. Yo, all right. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. Like I said, I told you. I see. I see Ashley Fox on there. I follow her. Mm-hmm. She she gives good stock advice. She swears by it, and then you you swear by it. Of course. So 100. percent I check it out. Of course. So you get to Spotify. Mm-hmm. I mean. Spotify is a fairly new company, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, what was your role there? Because, you know, before, before we even get to that, mm-hmm. you in the tech field, right? Mm-hmm. Is there a lot of people that look like you in the tech field? At Spotify, we had a big black community there. But I think tech field in general, there yeah. needs to be more diversity, of course. I think, I think in general, there needs to be more diversity in, in business. Right. But... To get into the, the tech field, I didn't think I belonged at first. Mm. See, the misconception people think if it's a tech company, you have to be an engineer or you have to know data or right. programming apps. But there's people in marketing, there's legal, there's content. I was in content. Okay. There's programming. There's so many different things. So getting in there, I'm thinking, well, am I smart enough to be at Spotify? Like, this is a big company. Right. But, you know, I stopped looking at it that way. And because I'm the best. And I think somebody put it to me, like, you're the best at what you do. So that's why you're here. Mm. So I feel like I'm one of the best just in sports in, in terms of recognizing content, what I want to do in producing. So that's how it worked out for me. You right. know what I'm saying? All right. So you get to Spotify and mm-hmm. what, how was that experience like? Yeah, it was great. It changed my life. It changed my life. Life changing, working. man. It was life changing working at a tent company. It's different. Like the culture is different. You know, it's free food, drinks, snacks. Right. We had an arcade up in there. We had, it was about 10 floors. We had beers on Fridays, champagne. All right, that's the fun part of it, but you got to do work too. I'm like, hold on, hold on, man. This don't even sound like a job, man. But but tech, here's why it's different, because it's not really a nine to five. Really what it is, is I have meetings throughout the day. As long as I get those meetings done, I'm good. Because I can remember one time I'm talking to my boss, when do you want me to come in in the mornings? She looked at me, she was like, you're an adult, right? I was like, yeah. She was like, you know what you have to do today, right? I was like, yeah. She's like, as long as you get it done, I don't care when you come in, for the most part. You see, they got it figured out, man. Right. They got it figured out in the, in the tech world. And man. this is right before the pandemic hit. So obviously work from home is a lot easier now. It's right. permanent for a lot of people in, in tech companies. So if my first meeting's at 10, I'm coming in at 9.30. If my first meeting's at 11, I might roll in at 10.30 or 10, depending on what I want to do. But as long as you get your work done, that's what's important. Now, if you're not getting your work done, you're getting called out. Right. But I made sure if I'm coming in, I'm getting my work done, three meetings today. And that's, that's how I kind of looked at it. So you, were you still in sports or were, was it like 
No, it was still sports. It was still, it was sports? still sports. It was podcasting though, so it was different. Okay. Not video anymore. It's podcasting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So podcasting, man, you mm-hmm. kind of. I remember years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, yo, Aunt, man, I want to do a podcast. You mm-hmm. kind of it's fun. It's funny now. You, yeah, you, no. See, yeah. see, you talking about the regrets you had before. Right, right. right. I should have kept on trying to podcast. Now, yeah. now I'm looking. There's look, a million podcasts. Out I here know, now. man. I look. I'm new to the space, mm-hmm. but you put me onto it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. How'd you know? Well, if you knew, you probably still be doing it. Yeah, but yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. how'd you know? Like so, this was like. Something you wanted to do. Don't, don't rub it in. Don't rub I'm it sorry, in. bro. Nah, it, it's just, I didn't know. Yeah. It was just, I like to talk about sports and put my thoughts out there. I like to debate sports and talk about it. Right. I'm watching First Take. I'm watching all of these shows. I love that kind of banter all the time. That's right. what I love to do. So I wasn't thinking about it from a podcast there, but I was just like, how do I get my thoughts out there and my mm. opinions out there, how I feel? Because I have a different perspective than everybody else. Right. So that's more so why I started that podcasting kind of thing. I wish I kept doing it. I wish I, I made a YouTube page and everything, but I did it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's all good. I mean, it's it seems kind of hard to keep going, mm-hmm. you know, because especially now, there's so many of them. Of course. Of course. But I like the fact that you're working. Bro, you're, 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 your come up has been, you know, you've just been climbing the ladder, man. A lot of people, a lot of people say that to me, and I don't. I don't recognize it, you know. Maybe I need to celebrate myself more, which which I know I need to, but I never really looked at it that way. I just was putting my head down and grinding, man. It's just been such a grind. I mean, I've been in this 12 years since 2010. So you why know? you ain't quit, man? I don't know what else I love to do. When you're doing what you love to do, it's not work all the time. Right. You know, as much as I, the late nights, I was tired, I was sleepy, I didn't get to have a chance to have as much fun. Just being there, watching the Super Bowl, watching the NBA Finals, going to the NBA Finals, doing all of these things. I love being around. Yeah. That's what I do. I can't imagine me doing anything else. I've had people ask me to do jobs elsewhere. I'm like, is there sports involved? They're like, no. I, I can't. Can't do it. I can't. I, I, no, if somebody offered me a crazy bag, I, I'd have to think about it. But right, right. I love sports so much, I don't know anything else I would want to do. Wow, and that's man. just passion and love for yeah. what I like. Wow, that's dope advice for people to even, you know, because a lot of people can't say they're doing what they love to do. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm blessed. It's, it's always a blessing. I, I, I take none of it for granted because it be going. It could be going tomorrow. Yeah. You know. So that's that's how I look at it. Do you have fear that you know? I see that people in tech get laid off, mm-hmm. especially in times like this. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you fear like is that in the back of your mind? I think you always have to be prepared for anything. You know, it's never good. I've been lucky enough not to be part of layoffs. I know right. people that have. And I know some people get a job a month later. Some people get a job six months later. Right. So it's not easy. So I'm always cautious and being aware of what's going on. I don't fear it as much anymore yeah. because I feel I've built up such a network that somebody will come and try to holler at me at, at some point. You know? So I, again, I don't, it's not, I'm not trying to be cocky in that way. No, but not at all. I feel even if it's a freelance gig or even if it's a temp job or something... I feel like I'll land on my feet somewhere relatively quickly. But I'm always prepared for that. You always have to be prepared. You never know what can happen. Right. You know? So Spotify, uh, let's get back to it. You said you was uh, doing pot, you was running podcasts. Yep. So, yep. so kind of explain that to like the kid that's kind of in school right now, kind of what, what you were doing. Because I'm trying to think like when we was in school, I couldn't, I, I can't think of someone your age that I could even reach out and call. To do so, yeah. So let me run that back. Like, what advice would you give someone right now in college? You know, that's that's in the field of 
mass communications or journalism? I think figure out what you want to do. I didn't know, say I went from print to broadcast, now I'm in audio, video, then I'm in audio. Right. So you got to figure out what you want to do first. There's so many things. But it's different from when we came up. 100%. Right now, if you're not working on your craft right now, then you're making a mistake. You can go on Twitter and start your following. You can get your YouTube channel. You can get your Instagram channel. You can do all of these things now. They have podcast software with Anchor and all this kind of stuff that you can use. You can download an app and yeah. record a podcast yeah. and it'll come out in decent, good quality. So if you're not practicing your craft right now, what are you doing? That's one. Two, like I said, network with your peers because at the end of the day, all your crew is going to be somewhere. We, you, doing your podcast. Right. You have your own company. Yep. You do know yep. something. Yep. I'm doing what I'm doing in my field. We've got other friends. You've got to network with your peers. 100%. That's a lot of times, that's how people get jobs. Like when I got to Spotify, I tried to help other people or recommend other people for positions. Yeah. And other people are doing that elsewhere. Like I have a friend who she's hiring mad people who worked with the ESPN to do either photography, videography, even if it's just a one off job, you're still giving somebody experience and you're still giving them an opportunity. So network with your crew and your peers. Go to conferences like NABJ, get on LinkedIn. Find people who there's groups that you can go to. Right. Connect with people your age. Connect with some people, and you can and people hit me up on LinkedIn all the time. A lot of kids do. I can't get to everybody, but I try to get to a few. You know, one of the things I tell some of the kids though, they approach me so bad nowadays. <laughs> Which, you know, like, what you mean? Explain that. I, I've had to correct a couple of them. Like they'll come in my DMs and say, "Hey, Cassius, I see you're doing this. I'm interested in this. Can you tell me what job I need to find me a job?" And I'm like. There is nobody that's going to take time out their day to look at your resume and find you a job right. that you should. So what I tell kids is, if you're going to reach out to somebody on LinkedIn, somebody like me on LinkedIn, you need to come with the job ID, you need to come with your resume, you need to come with what you're interested in, yeah. you need to come with an idea so I can have a conversation with you. Right. And if I, now, if I don't get to you, I hate that because it's hard. But I can't get to everybody because I'm, I'm moving all day. Right. But most of the time, I try to get back to everyone. And I'll tell them, and make sure you follow up, because I've spoken to some kids on the phone, random, yeah. randomly on the phone, and they never find, I never hear from them ever again. Mm. So there's a thing where I feel like you need to be persistent, but you got to come correct. Show me the job ID. Say, hey, Cassius, here's what I do. Here's what I want to do. I see you're here. Can I, can I talk to you for five or 10 minutes of your time? Here's my resume. Here's a job ID I saw. Let me know. What are these recruiters looking for? Uh, specifically, because like I remember we were talking like back with us, you know, you had to have this this resume, mm. but like before you were saying LinkedIn. Mm. So like, is a resume even needed? From from what a recruiter told me, you know, I mean yes, you always need a resume. A hundred percent. Yeah. But LinkedIn recruiters are on LinkedIn all day. That's where they're at now. Wow. Recruiters are on LinkedIn all day long, and people are getting hired on LinkedIn all day long. That's where they're at. So. You know, you want to make sure that your profile looks the right way. You want to have, you know, a nice photo, a professional photo. You know, you can't be having a selfie. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, but professional photo, have a banner and show that you're active too. Right. You know, it's not so much sometimes about experience. I've seen some people get hired without experience. Sometimes it's just about being active. Are you proactive in your field? What are you doing? Do you have a podcast? Are you want to be a reporter? Are you dropping reporting clips all day long? I've seen that work for people right. with no experience at all. You know, are you contacting recruiters? Are you commenting on statuses when they're there? 
This is the same thing we do on Facebook. You can do that on LinkedIn. It's the same thing. It's It's the same thing. It's just one you think is just more fun and it's just more popular. Right. The other one, it doesn't seem like it is, but it's the same concept. Mm. I can go comment on a status. Yo, good job. Do this. So people hit me up all the time. And other people at tech companies hit me up for conversations just to link. So, I mean, that's where it's at. I'm, I'm giving them free ads. Yeah, yeah you know I'm like, yo, LinkedIn, yo, cut the check. Man. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, man, yo, <laughs> yo, man, this is like they, they might think this is some sponsorship or something right now. But nah, nah, I, I want, I want that type of information to come out. Like, I want because I wish growing up, like, I had someone youthful, right? Not, not saying like, you know, the age, the age does matter actually. Yeah. When you see someone young, yeah, and they, yeah. they're where you want to be, yeah. you probably listen to them more than somebody that's like, you know, 20, 30 years older than you. Right. So I appreciate that info, man. I'll cut the check later. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but nah, so so you asked Spotify, man, and how, how long did you stay there? It's two and a half years, two and a half years. Short, man. Yeah. Short, short time. But like I said, you're climbing this ladder. We're going. And uh, we're, see, we're, see what's next. What's next, man? Where did we end up? Like, where are we now, man? So we, yes, I mean, Audible, I just started a month ago, you know, director of sports programming. So, you know, it's going to be my job to get sports pods on, on Audible and, and do a lot of things. That's probably as far as I can talk about. But, right, right. Know, we, we out here, you know, download. See, I'm about to get free. You know what I mean, <laughs> I, I ain't going to promote too much. Yeah, yeah, too yeah, much. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, nah, I mean, yo, it's, it's been such a journey, man. And I'm only, I'm about to be 34. I don't know where this could go. You know what I'm saying? I'm rubbing elbows with people every single day. I'm meeting people. I'm networking. So we'll see. We'll look back. We'll do this again. Yeah. <laughs> how, how does it feel, man, being being a kid from the Bronx, man, and mm-hmm. in, in your journey, man? I, I mean, I know you, you know, you're big on, like, you know, where you come from and then where you ended up, man. How, how does Because cause really, bro, it's, yeah. to me, it's simply amazing from, my, from me looking from the outside in. But, like, how does it feel, man, from, from like, you growing up to now, man? Yeah, it's, it's surreal a lot. You know, I try to be humble with, with everything. Um, but I never thought that I would be here, you know. And I feel like I wished a lot of stuff into existence. I was telling people in high school I was going to work at ESPN. Really? Now, I thought I was going to be on camera because <laughs> I wanted to be up there with Stephen A. Right. And, and like, the Broussards of the world and everybody and Skip Bayless. But I, I manifested everything. I said, I'm working at ESPN, and I figured it out. When I apply for Spotify, this is the job I want. I'm going to get it. When I applied to Audible, I, it, was, it was a lot. That was just like seven interviews. I'm like, this is the job I want. I want this. I'm passionate about it, and I got it. You know, so it's just about manifesting, man. It's, it's still, like I said, it's still surreal that I'm here. I, I can't take none of it for granted. Right. Because a lot of people don't even make it to my age, unfortunately, that are, that are black, being from where I come from. And I still live in the Bronx now, so right. it's not like I left and, and I'm out, I'm bougie. And I'm, still, I'm still uptown. <laughs> hey, I'm man, still... even if you left, you still got to be bougie. Nah, 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 I know. Yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah. You know what you know yeah, what I mean. I know but I'm, mean, still, I'm, still, I'm still in touch with my community. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what I mean by it. I, I, I still want to live in the Bronx or uptown somewhere. My mom still lives in the Bronx. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I look at it, you know? So... You know, I like to always find a way to, on this show, touch on therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about therapy a lot with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. off camera. Of course. And like I said, in the beginning, I thought it was bullshit. I'm always going to forever say how I felt about it in the of beginning. Of course, of course. But um, you've been, you've been, you were one of the first people that told me how important that was. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into that, man. Mm-hmm. But why, 
how did you know, when did you know that you needed to even go to therapy? Yeah, I think you suppress so much stuff as a black man for, for a long time. Yeah. You know, there were times, I can, I can remember now that I think back, college, I probably started noticing I had social anxiety. When walking to class, by the time I got to class, I would be sweating. And I'm like, yo, I just took a shower, put on my good deodorant, yeah. why am I sweating? And when I started to realize, when I started to, because remember that long strip by the cafe, you have to walk past everybody? I do. So there's groups, crews here, women here, girls here, everybody's over here. Yeah. And my social anxiety was making me think that people were looking or talking about me. In reality, nobody was. I was a regular dude in college. I don't think nobody was checking for me right. like that. But I'm walking and I'm thinking that my social anxiety is making me feel like, yo, people are eyeing me. People are looking at me. So that's, I noticed that later in life that, yo, I had social anxiety. Because if I didn't know you, I wasn't, if I wasn't comfortable around you, I was quiet. Mm. But you knew me. Right. The crew, everybody knew me. Yep. If you knew me, I'm talking, I'm laughing, I'm joking. But people that didn't know me, it, my anxiety was just taking over sometimes. And then after college, depression started to kick in at times. I think because I was working so hard and grinding. There's days where I didn't want to get out of bed. I liked just being under the covers because I, I just didn't want to go outside. Yeah. And I, I just would wait till nighttime to go out because I'm just like, nah, I just don't want to face the world today. So that's when I noticed it. And I think, you know, because I'm open about it on Instagram, I talk about it, I share things about it. And I think the stigma for black men is they look at it as, well, either this is going to make me look crazy or it's soft and emotional. My thing is I try to tell them therapy is a tool to kind of handle your everyday life, to how to navigate life. Right. Whether you want to be better in your relationship, whether you want a better relationship with your kids, maybe there's a, you know, incident in your past that maybe you haven't gotten over that maybe has shaped who you are today. What about trauma? Like, I'm from New York. I can't tell you how many black men have been killed last summer and so far this summer. We don't even deal with that. That's not normal. All we do is we put an RIP post up. Yo, that's my man. And then it happens again and again and again. Yo, we don't talk about that at all. That's trauma that we don't address because it's normal. I don't say it's normalized, but it's unfortunate. Look how many rappers and people have been killed in the last year and a half, last right. two years. Right. So what I'm trying to tell people is, an hour a week or every two weeks can help you, you know, navigate your life. It can help you calm down. It gives you a safe space to have a conversation, to be held accountable for things, and how to be better, be a better friend, be a better partner, whatever it is, be better every day. Right. So that's what therapy is about. It's not about a session where you're in there crying. Or right, sobbing, right. right. That's it's a, yeah. it's a tool. It's a tool. I think people see it that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like. That part, the mm. crying part, like yeah, yeah, nah, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't nothing like that, right? You know what I'm saying? So when, so, did you develop this? Did you develop this during school, or was this in high school, or no? Since you knew people at your school, you didn't even realize you had this. I, I issue. never, I don't think I realized it when I was young. Because when I was young, I was very just proactive. It, it didn't bother me. I, somewhere in college, I'm not sure what happened, right? But I just, I don't know. Maybe I was trying to graduate, and I just had my head down. Like just, I don't know what it was. But yeah. I started to notice it a, a lot more. And it, it's and it's debilitating, especially in the industry I work in. Yeah. You can't have so like I gotta network and talk Dil to people right. all day long. So having social anxiety at times, and it's it's in between. Like I'm in between. It's like sometimes I could be the life of the party and talk to everybody. Yeah. And then there's times my tank is on E and I'm in the corner like I don't really wanna be here. Right. So I've had to find that balance or else I'm not making it to where I'm at if I don't network and talk to people. Yeah. So having anxiety because there's times I've come into rooms and I've seen people I want to talk to, big names, and I froze up. 
Because I'm like, nah, I can't. Nah, my anxiety just took over. You know how many opportunities I've missed out on? 12 years in this industry, I could have talked to a lot of people and had an opportunity. But because my anxiety was so debilitating at times, I took an L. So who knows where I could have. I mean, I'm happy where I'm at now. Right. But I missed out on making a lot of connections because that anxiety sometimes just took over me and I couldn't get through it. So you find it helpful. It did, the so therapy, it did help you. Oh yeah, especially during the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like that helped me. But yeah, therapy has helped me a lot, yo. It's, it's, it's done a lot of good things. Okay. I take it with, nah, nah. <laughs> yo, I have been, I'm trying to meet the person that says mm. it don't work. And I have not sure. And I have mm. the last, you know, my last homegirl says, you know, she was in group therapy. Mm. That didn't particularly work for her because mm. the spectrum of people were, Mm. This person mm. almost wanted to commit suicide. This mm. person was depressed at their job. Mm. This per- so the, the spectrum was so separated. Of like, course, of course. So that didn't work for her. But when, when she told me she found the person that she liked in one-on-one. Mm. And, that's, and that's the thing. A lot of people, because black men reach out to me. Because on, on Instagram, I'm always posting about that stuff. Right. So there's a lot of people you know, I went to school with or whatever that I know. They'll hit me up like, yo, where do I go? I don't know where to begin. Like, yeah, same. And that's another thing. It's hard to find black therapists sometimes. I know, I feel, I feel like I've seen some apps and stuff like that where they're trying to have a, a network of it. Right. You know, so for me, like, my therapist is a black woman. Okay. So everybody has, you know, their choice. So some, somebody would tell you to find a man. I chose a black woman because I was raised by my mother. So it just made me feel comfortable and natural to talk to a woman and understand particular things. Right. So that's why I chose that. But it's not for everybody. Let's be real. It's it's normalized. I feel like maybe it's commercialized more so now in some ways, which sometimes I feel away about it. Like right. oh, I was doing this right and, <laughs> back and that's then what, when it wasn't cool. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And I'm not saying again. I'm not saying it to be like I'm gatekeeping it. Right. But I'm just saying right. that. Right. Is sometimes everybody's not sincere about it or what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? So you being raised by just your mom. Mm. That's interesting that you said that, right? Mm. You was raised by your mom, so that made you go with a black woman. So. Mm. So. As far as like, you know, that male figure, mm-hmm. how did you maneuver without, did well, you, you have, well, did you have that male figure? You know, so my stepfather came into my life around, I forgot what age, I remember, so long ago. He came into my life when I was relatively young. Okay. And, you know, he passed away recently. So God bless, you know, God rest his soul. You know, but he came in at a time when, you know, I was struggling. Like I was in school fighting, I was reckless because I didn't have my, my father around. Right. So my stepfather, you know, he came in, you know, and he, he really gave me a different perspective. He ingratiated himself with me, took me bowling and movies and played video games and we bonded over basketball, football, you know, all those kind of things. You know, um, you know, he was a Jordan guy. I like LeBron. So we, right, you know what right. I mean? But we, we joked about all those kind of things, you know. So he was that father figure for me that, that I kind of got to, you know. You know, you know, that's... That's a lot, cause you know I, I played that role. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I respect people that step in, of course, of course. and do those things. I, I do feel like, you know, they don't get enough credit. Nah, people that right. play that role. Um, right. I, right. I, t- I take that role very seriously. Right. Um, right. So, the way you just spoke about your stepfather, that that means a lot to me as well. Um, so, you know, definitely rest in peace to your stepfather. And I know, you said now you're gonna dedicate. This journey that you got going on yeah. towards him. So we talk about a lot of investing. Mm-hmm. Investing is one of the other things you like to discuss, man. Yeah. Yep. So um, for me, mm-hmm. for me, 
<laughs> yo, I'm trying my hardest not to. I'm keeping this clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, don't I know want, how you feel. I know how you know feel. How I, feel. Like yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to say it. This investing thing is great that I see a lot of people talking about it. Mm. But I also feel like it could be dangerous too. Mm. We discussed that. Mm. What are your thoughts when it comes to what you see in the investing world? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Because black people, we didn't. I wasn't taught all of this stuff in school. Right. And we don't. We might not have had access to a lot of this stuff. Right. Now it's easily accessible. So there are a lot of people out there in the investing world that I think are doing good things. You know, we, we know the names of some of the most popular people right. out yeah. there. Yeah. They're doing good things. I think the question is now: Are big corporations and people seeing an opportunity here to make money? Mm. So who's in it to really advance black people and our financial literacy? And who's in it to maybe kind of do that, but then also kind of line their pockets too. It's a double-edged sword for me. Right. Because you deserve to be paid for a service that you're offering. But then, you know, because I'm thinking about, I'm not thinking about me. Right. I'm making money where I can invest and I can lose money and I'll be okay. Yeah. Even though I don't want to lose money. But I think we all, the market is terrible. So we all, right. we all taking L's. We all taking L's right but now. But I'm thinking about... The single mom and the PJs that got to raise their kid that's on minimum wage. Right. How can they, they don't have that extra money to invest. They don't have extra money to pay somebody for a course and then take that money and invest. Right. And then, and the reality is, nobody's an expert. Why is that? Every, I, like, I feel like every hedge fund or many money manager tell you, they just want to be right 60 to 70% of the time. Nobody's 100% right in this mm. market. Even right. billionaires and every, nobody's 100% right. So you can't guarantee me a return every time. You just, you just can't. Nobody saw this. We, look, the pandemic, every stock shot up. Yeah. So everybody was an expert. Right. You could have picked any stock on the board and it shot up 200%. Absolutely. So everybody thought, oh, yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Now everything's down. There are people who have lost a lot of money. They've lost you know, savings and all kinds of stuff in crypto and everything. Yeah. So it's hard. So like I said, I, I like what's going on. I think we need this. There's a lot of good people in this space that are doing the right thing. It's just I want to make sure that we don't see big corporations of people just doing it because it's hip right now. That's my concern, and that's it. So is it, I think what people would say is, well, we should try to make it hip, right? I think that, that would be the counter, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. What, like, what's hip? Like, mm-hmm. we should try to make this the new, mm-hmm. the new hip thing. I just feel like it's dangerous when you're profiting off of people. Mm-hmm. When I mm-hmm. feel like you could get the information. It is a simple Google search. Don't mm. get me wrong. Some of it is. Some, some not it. all of it. Because I've, I've paid for some services. And how but, were they? They were okay, but they couldn't, guarantee, they couldn't guarantee me any returns. And there were some wins and some losses. What, what I paid for was just, I wanted research about where we're going in the market in terms of new technology or new stocks or deep dives into a particular companies to find. That's why I got the service. But right. in terms of just regular investing, most people would tell you just buy an S&P 500 fund or you know the total index or the triple Q right. fund, and that's it. And that's probably the safest way to do it. But we want to pick individual stocks. And I, you know I, you know me. We talk right. about it all the right. time. Right. You know I took L's. Yeah, so, yeah I ain't going to put them out there. But like I said, for me, and, and a lot of people ask me about stocks, and I just do it because I want to help my people, right. period. Like, I tried to do, like, a little course for, like, $25, but I'm like, it's just too time-consuming. Like, I don't want to sit here for an hour and talk to you. So I'm just like, yo, here's what you do. Here's an article. You read it. Do your research. 
you read first. Don't take my advice. I need you to read the information first. And right. you make your own decision. And that's kind of how I do it, you know? So what else? So what does the future look like for Cassius, man? What what's, what's the future look like for you, man? Man, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, I, I feel, you know, this new role that I have, you know, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of planning. You know, I'm, I'm looking ahead. It's almost like building a team. Again, I'm going back to sports, but right. when you start a team from scratch, you got to find pieces. You got to find a young player. You got to find some vets. You got to find some defensive players, some shooters. So that's kind of my mindset and how I'm building my brand now, how I'm building, you know, where I'm at now and where I want to take it. You know, and other than that, I just feel um, I've been through so much in the last two years of my life. I just got a different outlook, man. You know, I, I want to be happier. I want to celebrate myself. I want to do more. I want to hang out with people more. I want to be around loved ones as much as possible. I think my stepfather showed me that, mm. you know, because I wasn't around them as much as I could have been. I wasn't as present with them all the time, you know, because of other things that I was going through. So, you know, I'm just trying to live life, man. I want to help people. I want to, you know, as I climb, I want to help people get up. I've always done that in this, in this industry. Yeah. I've helped so many people, young black men and women, and I continue to do that. You know, because we can all eat. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to gatekeep or do any of those kind of things. I'm going to help y'all get because I'm winning right now. Right. I want to see you win. And we, we all can win. There's space for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's my, my, my philosophy. So I'm just trying to come with good energy, man. I'm just, this is just who I am right now. Like, just good energy, motivating people, helping people. Let's do it, man. That's, that's how I feel. I respect that, man. A lot of people fell off, man. And you, and you, kept, you kept the course, yo. I, I don't know how you did it, man. I really don't, man. Yo. <laughs> I really don't know how it's nice, man. A lot of it's a lot, man. It was a lot, man. But this is what I want to do. And I just like I said, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I just couldn't fail. Couldn't fail, man. So um you you plan on like talk going back, talking to kids, man, trying to yeah, motivate I, them or what's Yeah, I do that. I've done it a couple times already. You know, before the pandemic, you know, I went to talk to um some kids in media. You know, I have some friends who are doing some nonprofit stuff. I'm going to try to do some things with them. I try to lend my time on LinkedIn to people hitting me up. You know, I'm looking for speaking engagements. I'm always willing to talk to people, you know, Zoom or class or college or whatever. I'm open, man. Like, I have so much knowledge. I want people to see somebody that looks like them that can get in and do this. Don't have to compromise yourself. You can be like, I'm, I'm in the office like this sometimes. I ain't going to lie to you. Really? I, I'm dead serious. I walk in the office like this. That's just me now being comfortable in, in who I am, being comfortable that no matter what, when I speak, my words, my mind, my ideas, it's shining through. So all of this now, again, this professional advance, I'm not showing up like this. Right, right, right. But sometimes I'm in the office like this and I command the same respect because what I know, what I say, my track record already speaks for itself. And sometimes I like to dress like this. Yeah. Because you have people that will see me or see somebody like, what does he know? How does he? Right. And I start talking, and like, oh, it's happened. It's happened. I'm really? Not, I was gonna say, yeah. I'm not gonna you don't have to get out. Yeah, you don't have to get right. into that. But, but it happened. It has happened. Somebody might look at me like, oh, what does he know? And like, well, I worked here, 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 here. I did this, 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 this. Let me tell you how to do this. Catch just Yo, please let me follow up. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's only in the tech where you can get away dressing like that, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. You shooting a wedding or something, uh, man? Well, yeah, come yeah, on yeah. now. You I know, know. I know, I know. But now that's... Yeah, good plug. That's, that's another story, though. But, um, yo, nah, I respect it. I respect it, man. And um, I guess, I know I asked you before, you know, what would be your advice, but 
Is what would you want the listeners to know, man? What would you have? What, would, what do you want to leave for the listeners? Man, I would say, don't quit whatever it is you're doing, because there's gonna be them down times when you want to give up, you know. And sometimes it's okay to take a rest too. This grind culture that we have, cool. Let's talk about it. We don't we don't have to grind all day, every day, twenty four hours a day. It's not always about the bag all the time, you know. Like my man, uh. Mark Hami, you know what I'm saying, on his last album, he said, yo, you are the bag. Mm. If you're not taking care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, all the money in the world ain't going to do that for you, mm. you know, because I know people that got a bag and they're miserable or they don't get respect or they're depressed. So let's stop the grind culture. If you need to take a break, take a break. Right. But take care of yourself mentally, physically, you know, keep networking, keep grinding, doing what you need to do. You know, practice your craft too. Like work on your craft. When I was... In high school, I used to write articles about games that I watched the night before because I wanted to be a writer. Right. I was doing stuff like that. Now there's no excuse because you can upload an Instagram video right now and get likes and go viral. Right. So if you're in the sports field and that's what you want to be a reporter, you need to be going with your friend, get your iPhone, and record your stand-ups. That's what you need to be doing. If you want to be a writer, you need to start, get your blog. There's too many blog sites for you not to do that. If you want to be you know, a producer... You can produce a show, you can produce a movie, do whatever. So there's no excuse not to be following your passion these days because you don't need anybody to tell you yes anymore. Just go do it. You hired people in the past before, right? Have I hired people? Yeah, yeah, yeah like two people. One, but one, two, but still, it's still somebody. What, what did you look for? Um, like, was that a hard, was that hard to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you look for, if you're passionate about something, I yeah. think experience does matter sometimes depending on what the role is if it's an elevated role yes you have that experience right. if it's like an entry level role i want to see how passionate you are i want to see how proactive you are what are you doing currently you know why do you want to work here and, and well not why do you want to work here but just like why are you passionate about this? right right where do you want to go because i want to help people get to where they want to go because re- regardless your entry level position you're not going to start and end there right i was a production assistant in 2010 i'm a director now in 2022 so <laughs> you're going to keep progressing so I want to help people get to where they want to get to. So I kind of listen to what they do. And it's also chemistry. That matters more than anything. If you don't have chemistry with people you're working with or your right. crew, you can be great at whatever you do. People ain't going to rock with you. So you got to have good chemistry, good energy, team player, and all those kind of things. I know those are cliche right, words. Right, right, right. But it's true. It's true. Like if you don't vibe with people, people don't want to be around you. And I had to learn that in my career. Because early on in my career, I was a little bit too quiet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? How'd you I get have, out that show? Well, I think, I mean, I had some issues with it. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I didn't want to kiss nobody's butt at the same right, time. Right, right, right. But, yeah, you do have to make people, you know, people want to be, you, you're working with these people eight hours a day. You got to have fun. It's true. So once I took that out of my mind, I started having fun. I started cracking jokes on people, joking with supervisors, joking on supervisors. They, they loved me after mm. that. You mm. know what I'm saying? But I was being stiff and trying to be all preppy. It ain't work that way. So once I started being myself, a kid from the Bronx, I love music, I love fashion, I love all these different things, it worked out. It worked out for me. Question. Mm-hmm. So, nine to five, you know, job, you and your dream job, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you, there's, there's this culture where people talk about, man, I don't want to work a job, right? Mm-hmm. But you damn sure make working a job sound cool right, right, right now. Right, right. So, when it comes to like entrepreneurship and working, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? Because you know, a lot of people feel like, oh, why work and make somebody's company bigger when you could create your own? 
Of course. What's your thoughts on that? I think everybody needs to do what's best for them, for one. The reality is we all, okay, I think we all can invest. We all can look into buying properties. Right. We all can do side hustle and different things. Everybody's not built to want to run a company or want to hustle that way. Some people aren't. And I've spoken to people about it and they're like, yo, I know my check is coming here and this is what I want to do and that's it. I'm happy. I got my 401k. I got my health care. I'm content. This is what. And I've met people that are like, I'm not working for nobody. I want my own grind. This is how I make my own cake. I respect both sides of it. Do what makes you feel comfortable. I think in social media, we all get blinded by what somebody else is doing. Right. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you feel comfortable. For me, I found my calling and I found my path. This is what I want to do. I do side projects and, and side hustle in some kind of ways. Right. I do invest. You know what I'm saying I, I do own a property, you know, so I'm still doing that. You can do both. Uh, I was gonna say, so you, it sounds like you do both. Yeah, you can do both. You know what I'm saying? But everybody's not built to run their own company or do it on their own. Right. Some people like the comfort of a nine to five. For me, like I said, tech for me is not a nine to five. Right. I have flexibility. If my meeting's at 10, I have a meeting at one, a meeting at three, I might go for a walk, I might go get a haircut. You know what I'm saying? I might do, I can do different things in between and get right. all my work done in a day. So I have flexibility. I can move around. And then when you work remote, people can stay home now. So I don't have to go to the office all the time. Right. So right now, I feel like I chose my path. That's what I feel. It don't mean that eventually I might not do something or partner with somebody and do something different. Yeah. But do what works for you, yo. Let's stop shaming people on either side of the, of the coin. Do what works for you, yo. That's what I say. My man. My bro. I appreciate you, yo. All right? Yes, sir. Aha. I told you that episode was going to be dope. Listen, man. We 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 gonna keep being consistent. We are gonna keep dropping heat. I got a nice lineup coming. I got some dope guests in the making right now. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I might as well start my own network, man. I I I don't know. I gotta try to muscle my way into this thing. You know the content that I have on here. I must say, I I think is is top five, top five, top five. Let me stop. Y'all have a good one, man. We out. No guru ish. Y'all follow me on Instagram. No underscore guru underscore ish. YouTube. No guru ish. Subscribe, share, like. I'm out of here.